Hello and welcome to the Box to Box podcast. Uh, I am your host Ramzan Kamoto, and I'm joined by Sovani Mchawi. Hello, good people. And Nicolas Karupola. Hello, everyone. Yeah, so like I said, welcome and welcome to a new season and what uh, is going to be a big season for us because it's our first full season. Uh, last year we did start about halfway, um, and. And it, it went well, uh, but this season proves to be even more exciting for us. Uh, so a few changes that we're going to make um, from the Euro edition. We're going to go back to our three-segment style. Um, and so in the, during the Euros, we couldn't do the three segments because a lot of the topics were centralized around one thing. So it would either be like a preview or a game that is uh, that has already happened. Uh, so it was not possible to do the three segment thing, but now we're going to go back to it. Um, and we have some really exciting stuff to, to share with you. Uh, but this week is going to be pretty streamlined. Obviously, new season starts tomorrow um, or today because it's going to be Friday. So new season starts today. Uh, and we just have to go through what we think is going to happen through the season. But before we get into all of that, um, we do have a new logo. So let me shout out Nicholas and Asher who designed this um, logo for us. Thank you guys. Um, and also we have a fantasy, a fantasy league. So if you're not on the box to box league, you know, find a way to join it. I think we do have like quite a lot of people now, but, but still it could always be bigger. So yeah. Uh, and I think the last thing is we have uh, new social media platforms. So uh, if you haven't followed us on Instagram and Twitter, um, I think that that is a sensible thing to do now because a lot of the uh, conversations and a lot of the communications will be done through um, that main account going forward. So yeah, like we said, it's a special season coming, uh, especially towards the end of the year and as the new, se- uh, as the new year comes, um, we do have a lot of big ideas and um, we are really excited and want to interact as much as possible so yeah welcome and if you're a new listener um you're not you you missed you know last season stuff uh, this season stuff proves to be better so i think you've joined at the right time so yeah um i'm gonna uh, get us started and i'm gonna go with the transfers that happened over the last uh, month or two months or so and uh, obviously, we're going to focus on the big one, the Messi to PSG. Uh, a lot has been said about it. We feel like we could add a little bit more just to tickle your thought a little bit. Um, but it wouldn't uh, be a transfer discussion if we didn't talk about all the other um, transfers to some degree. I think some of the other stuff, Nick, uh, Nicholas and Sovani are going to discuss a bit more. Um, but mine is going to be the, the messy. So we can even call this the messy segment. Uh, before we get to him, uh, the other transfers that happened, uh, so obviously to United, we've seen Varane and Sancho are the big ones. Uh, if there are any other small, smaller ones, I'm not aware of, but Varane and Sancho were the big ones. Uh, Liverpool signed Konate, another centre-back option. Uh, Chelsea signed Lukaku. They did that just a few hours ago, actually. Ben White have Arsenal. Uh, what? Ben White have Arsenal? Arsenal has Ben White now. <laughs> um, Sambi. Oh, and Sambia and 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 got Sambia as well. But hey, we're talking the big. We're talking the big guns here. <laughs> low. <laughs> Sambi low. Is Sambi is Sambi a big transfer? Anyway, anyway. So Savan, you're gonna t- you're gonna tell us in a bit. But yeah, so Grealish went to Man City. Uh, and Villa had a big bit of business. They had Buendia, 
Ings and Bailey all coming in. So I thought that was a good way to spend a hundred million. Uh, and Leicester signed Vestergaard as a replacement, I think, for now. Um, um, while Fofana is away, I don't know how long Fofana is out for, but I think they clearly they clearly felt they needed another centre back. So uh, he might be out for quite a bit. So yeah, um, those are the big transfers that um, happened, at least in the Premier League. And there were some all over Europe as well um, that you can obviously check out at another time. But obviously the transfer that I want to talk about is Messi to PSG. So uh, the obvious thing is Messi is the best player in the world or, or one half of the best player in the world, if you want to, if you want to go in that direction. I'm not here to make any enemies. Uh, and he goes to... Uh, you know the biggest team in 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 France uh, and makes them pretty much the strongest team ever or the strongest team in the world. I don't know if you've, I don't know if even the Galacticos come anything close to the sort of strength that this team has. It's a team full of like all stars, basically a team full of the best players of each country, if that makes sense to you, um, which is incredible. To me, it's uh, almost laughable. And uh, but the part that I want to talk about more is what happens to Barcelona and um, their new season. So we saw with Real Madrid when Real Madrid lost Ronaldo, um, it took them some time. Eventually, they did get there, but it took them some time to um, get used to not having him around. Right. So both on the field and just you know leadership wise. So I wanted to ask you guys, right? How do you, how do you think Barcelona is going to cope like with life after Messi? Um, maybe let's start with let's start with Sofani. Uh Barcelona. I don't think they'll struggle too much, to be honest. I think they've got a good squad there. They didn't do too bad in the league last year. I think they'll carry on that type of momentum. Kuman ha- hasn't done poorly so far, and he has got a few additions in Memphis Depay. He's got uh, what's that right back's name? Yeah, Serginho Dest. Not Dest. He signed a new one. Emerson. Emerson. Oh, he signed, signed Emerson. Signed Emerson. Mm-hmm. He's got Emerson, who I think will replace Dest. I think they've got Griezmann, who's got big shoes to fill this season. I think he's going to step up because he's not, no longer in Messi's shadow. So I think Griezmann now has to show his worth because he came for big money and he's yet to prove, uh, he's yet to justify that transfer. And I said, Usman Dembele, maybe will be one for the lookout. I think he'll surprise us. Maybe for now, for the first time ever, now he can stay fit for the whole season. And maybe... Obviously, obviously he won't. <laughs> Even if he doesn't, right? You've got Ansu Fati. Ansu Fati, who missed largely the whole last season. I think this season now, he also has a point to prove. So I think... I'm still excited for Barcelona. I think they will still do well in the league and even in Champions League, honestly. That's my take. Yeah. Nicholas, I just wanted to ask you, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Um, some of the um, Barcelona signings or, or, you know, the signings call quotation marks because they haven't actually um, been able to register them. Uh, so like Aguero is one of them. Uh, Eric Garcia is another. And um, I think Emerson is, is the is the other one that Sovani said. Um, I'm surprised. Right. To me, it, it doesn't make sense. And, and maybe it's because I don't understand. And in the next few days, all of this might be cleared up. Um, but as it stands today, it's still very, very unclear. So I was saying to you a few a few weeks ago that wh- why why don't the agents know that this can happen, right? If I'm a football player and I want to play football, I want to play for Barcelona, right? 
I should go to my agent and say, okay, um, um, let's see, can we get this on the road? Especially for players like Aguero. Can we get this? Can we get this somewhere? Right? My agent, I would expect him to know that Barcelona is in problems financially. They have problems with La Liga. And we could run into this roadblock uh, come one month or two months' time. Right? Why is it allowed to go this far? Why has Barcelona been able to like reel these players in and then now they're not going to be able to register them so they can't play in any competitions? Um, I would assume essentially they're just getting free wages or wages just to train. Why, why are things like this possible? Honestly, this is probably the most shambolic club in world football. There used to be arguments about which club would be, quote unquote, the worst run club in football. It would have to be Barcelona. But then if you're an agent of a football player and you deny them the chance to go to Barcelona, then that's pretty much as daft as they come. But obviously it's because they obviously have the, expe- the expectation that Barcelona is most likely going to handle the situation. Because yeah. They're big, yeah, because they're a big club. You'd expect that Barcelona will take care of the, the wage caps. They'll take care of everything. Everybody believed that Messi was going to stay at the club, about even Leo Messi believed he was going to stay at the club yeah. a week ago. Like you could tell inside, um, you know, his facial expressions, the way he cried on the press conference. That obviously they thought it was all tied up. There's going to be another season of Leo Messi at Barcelona. So I think it's just one of those situations whereby, if you think about it, maybe two months ago when Aguero and Co had signed, they probably thought that everything's going to be fine. They made they got made a promise. Aguero was made a promise that Leo Messi is going to be a teammate next season. And also suddenly yeah. it just doesn't happen. So I feel as though they, you know, Barcelona quietly thought that La Liga was going to maybe change the rules for them, for them, you know, Leo Messi is the biggest asset to the entire league and he can leave to go somewhere else. So I think Barcelona probably relied on Javier Tebas, the Liga president, to make a couple of exceptions that Leo Messi is going to stay in this league, whether people like it or not. And even the other Spanish leagues offered to help Barcelona keep Messi but unfortunately it just didn't come to fruition and it just it just tells you that of course um the politics of Spanish football are very complicated but at the end of the day it just shows that um nothing really beats having this you know stick to your stance and we're talking about FFP as well so I think it's actually a good thing in terms of you know corruption not really prevailing in this circumstance but I think at the end of the day all those players would be very disappointed at what's happened and it's really hard to explain. I, I don't even know what else to say because no one saw this coming. Yeah, no, it's, it's an extremely touchy subject. And as you've brought up FFP, um, we're going to go to a more, another difficult uh, um, um, topic. And so my thing now with uh, financial fair play, right, or at least how it is, how it is packaged, or at least how it was packaged to me a few years ago when I was younger, um, I was led to believe that big teams can spend, but they have a limit, right? You cannot just go ahead and sign whoever you want, right? This thing that PSG have done, I think it's great. It's a great spectacle, but surely it should not be allowed, right? You cannot have like three of the top five players in the world literally playing in the same team, right? And then you've got Ramos, and then you've got Hakimi, and then you've got Di Maria. It, it just doesn't seem like, it doesn't seem fair. Right. And then given that this is financial fair play, why again, why do things like this happen? And just before you answer, um, I'm just going to bring you back to an analogy that I think I spoke about in an earlier podcast. 
um, about Derby County. So a few months ago, they had an issue with FFP as well. So um, I think they had to amortize certain players' wages. I don't know if it was certain players or it was all their players, but they had left a bit out in their, in their financial statements. And that made financial fair play very angry. And they told them that, no, we're going we're gonna to deduct points and we're going to relegate you. And they had to pay something like 40 million pounds, I think. I, I, I just checked the figure. Uh, but obviously, you can go look it up a bit more. So why, why should teams like, like Derby County or in the championship go through things like this? And then teams like PSG and Real Madrid and, and Chelsea and Barcelona get away with all these things. As you're saying here, like, like Barcelona very much believed that, that Messi was going to stay, right? They thought that they could sneak through the cracks. Um, why should teams like that be allowed to do things like this? And then, um, um, you know, Derby gets, gets threatened to be relegated. You know, so, Sobani, can you, can you tell me first? You know, Ramsey, after I did some digging, I found out that the financial fair play was actually established to prevent football clubs from spending more than they earn in the pursuit of success. Oh, so, it's like, it's about them not spending more than what they're making. So, oh, if you look too deep into it as to say, is it fair for PSG to be spending, you know, maybe not... PSG, yeah, like in the Neymar case, when they signed Neymar, they spent 222 million euros on Neymar transfer. That means they probably made more than that, so it was okay. So it's really unfair to the smaller clubs because now when you look at revenue streams, Manchester United, for example, have the highest revenues on a match day with all traffic. So obviously they earn more money, meaning they can spend more money than a Burnley, for example, which is why now you find that United... Their squad is worth, <laughs> I don't know. It's one of the most expensive squads in the Premier League, basically. While you have clubs like Burnley, who last summer actually didn't even make a single signing. They couldn't even afford to make a single signing. They kept they maintained the same squad. And even now, I haven't heard of any Burnley signing. So they're gonna struggle. So it's really, I suppose, fair in the sense that it ensures that everyone is spending within their capabilities, but it's unfair in the sense that. Clubs, the richer clubs benefit from their rules, basically. That's what I think. Yeah, no, you've killed you've killed me with that one, bro. I can see that you've really done your homework. (laughs) 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 No, I think let me not let me not comment further. Let me not comment further. That was very elaborate. Um, and yeah, I think I should leave it to you then to do the preview. Sobani is going to talk about uh, things that are far more interesting than financial fair play. So yeah, man, take us through the season. As Ramzan said, welcome back, guys. We've definitely missed you guys. We've missed giving you guys content week in, week out. I, for one, have really missed league football. I'm so excited that it's back. Um, looking forward to all the, all the heartache and all the glorious moments that await me this season. But uh, for this segment, we're digging deeper into what to expect before Nick concludes with predictions. Um, looking back at last season and the performances from the big clubs uh the top four was city city united chelsea liverpool chelsea if i'm not mistaken that was the top four and i think (laughs) those four clubs have definitely strengthened uh, in many departments i think city have brought in grealish that will add to the dynamism and then you've got chelsea who are 
really just missing a goal scorer. Because if Werner, guys, how many goals do you honestly think Werner would have scored last season if you could finish? How many? How many goals do you think it was scored? The, the agenda is back again, isn't it? <laughs> 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 yeah, a lot, obviously. Uh, I feel like that's what Chelsea really, really missed last season. So I think Lukaku, he might fix that problem. I think he doesn't need much adapting to the league. He knows the league. He knows the defenders in the league. He's very, he's very well aware of how people play. So I think in Tuchel's system, I think... I think there's there's a lot to expect from Chelsea. And I think just that one addition might edge them over City. Which, it's, it'll be very interesting to see, guys. Honestly, I'm really excited, guys. But Chelsea have brought in Lukaku. And Liverpool haven't really done much business. They've just uh, added to their numbers in terms of depth with Konate, who, I, who, who will probably start and might actually be better than Gomez. So he might end up strengthening their backline one way or another. So Liverpool... I feel like Liverpool, right, don't really need to make a big, a big money signing because I think their squad is already exceptional. It's already good enough to challenge for the league, I think. It's down to performances for me. If they and can that's what, consistently... Uh-huh. That's, what, that's what Klopp said, isn't it? He, 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 said, he said that there's no point in just adding, just for adding. Literally. Because um, yeah. literally, I'm, I don't think they have a weakness. I can't point out one position that I can say, ah, oh, no, these guys... They're weak, maybe in the midfield. That's not, it wouldn't be true. And as for the forwards as well. So Liverpool, I think it's really down to their performances and how well they can play, honestly. I think... Savani, so, so so sorry, just before you go on further, I'm just going to bring you back a bit to Chelsea. Um, so yeah, we've obviously talked about how Lukaku is probably going to be like the starting number nine. But they still have like like problems they actually have psg problems as well because they have two wing slots left or two inside forward slots that can be filled by like so many players so have it's mason mount ziek uh callum hudson odoi pulisic um yeah i think it's i think it's those five it's, it's those five players right um how do you how do you fit those those players in <laughs> i think it will come down to not necess- I think who works best with each other. So it's about them establishing a, a partnership or a relationship among, obviously, off, off the back of, end of last season, you had Mount, Mount and Habits, I think, definitely started. And I think they, they built something. But now you've got Ziyech, if you've seen him in preseason, he's had, yeah. he's had an exceptional preseason. But now he's injured again. So I don't know. It's tough. It's, really, it's a really tough one. No, it is really tough. And I actually, so I don't believe that much in rotation. I know that Pep Guardiola likes us to think that um, if you rotate players, you make you keep people on their toes and you get the best performances out of everyone. But I really believe that when there is no security, when there is no job security, um, it can actually be to the to the downfall of your team. And so you find that maybe you play your starting eleven in some, uh, okay, not your starting eleven, but you you rotate your team so many times that people are not sure, and that can actually eventually affect your your performances. I always look at it like this. When I'm playing FIFA, right? And this is a bad analogy, but when I'm playing FIFA, <laughs> I'll usually sign like one really good number 10 or one really good striker. Because to me, it's not necessary to have two really good strikers. I'm only going to play one of them. Like most of the season, I'm only going to play one of them unless someone is injured. And then you say, oh, okay, then that was a smart decision. But if no one gets injured, 
right? If or if Mason Mount, for example, is fit the whole season and Havertz is fit the whole season, then what justification do you really have to pull off Havertz in one game and put in Pulisic? It doesn't make sense. Yeah, no, it really doesn't. And it also just ruins it. You know, football is all about momentum. So once, yeah. so once someone has got some, something good going, you don't want to take them out because you, 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 you spoil the momentum. So it, yeah. it's a tough one. It's a sticky one. So I feel like whoever impresses at the start of the season is who's going to keep their spot for most of the season. I think it, you know why it, it's beneficial to have a, a huge squad like Pep being spoiled for choice? Yeah. It's, it's not every player who performs throughout the whole season. Right, Mario's won't be good the whole season. Uh, Pogba won't be good the whole season. Obama won't be good the whole season. Now, when they have that dip in form, to have, to have a very capable sub, right, or yeah, a very capable yeah. suitor for them will really help. And in, in tough, like for Jota, right, let me say in Liverpool's case, Mane wasn't firing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mane, Mane, obviously, you know that he's going to start and, and, you know, he's a starter. Mane wasn't firing. They had Jota. Jota got given the chance and he took it and he was firing. So, like, for, those, for that period in the season, Mane was being benched and he was upset about it. But then he wasn't firing and Jota was. So, I feel like the big clubs really do benefit from that and that's how they keep going. And that's why City last season won the league and United didn't. Because when, when Pogba was missing, there was no one to step in to say, okay, now let me, fill, let me fill in and then someone to really put in a performance when the big players don't have a response. You see? Yeah, so, yeah. as for Chelsea, it will help them. It's a blessing. Because <laughs> yeah. if, if Lukaku, okay, maybe not say, yeah, if, if, even Lukaku, if Lukaku's not firing, Werner might have a period in which he's scoring and then, you know, he'll come yeah. in and then Lukaku can even get bent. And then the opportunity comes in now with the other games, the League Cup games, the FA Cup games, you know, because that's what Werner's going to be playing now. <laughs> <laughs> when is going to be playing the league, league Cup games? Yeah. So I know it is important to establish your first 11 because I think once you know your best players, I think they are going to play. And, and that's why that's the problem I have with Arteta. If I go further, let me not talk about Arsenal. <laughs> but, but he doesn't know his best 11. If you ask Arteta right now to name his best 11, he wouldn't even tell you because he changes it so much. He doesn't know. Yeah, I feel you. So, so yeah, okay. Moving on, I was talking about Liverpool. Next on my list were United, I think. I only briefly touched on you. Okay, so United have strengthened, right? They have strengthened, especially in the back with Varane. I think that's going to be a big, a big addition. Uh, only time will tell how, how beneficial he will be, but I think he's a good signing. Sancho, I think uh, the expectations are very high for him. Uh, we'll see how good he is. He has the potential to be uh, really good in the league. Is it enough for United to charge for the title? We'll have to wait and see. I think there's definitely been a progression under Ole and there's growth. And why now I say uh, you, need, uh, you need depth, right? Is As I was saying, United don't have depth and that seems to be the Achilles because even last season towards the end of the season when it mattered most or when they had those important games and the big guys weren't firing there was no one to slot in to put up to, to get them results 
So United, I think they're still a few signings away from really pushing for the title and being in the picture the way Chelsea and City are this season. So I think those are the main two to look out for this year. I think City, the title this year will either go to City or Chelsea. To be Nick, fair, Chelsea. Nick, what do, what do you think about um, the Sancho signing? Well, I don't know whether my opinion would be detrimental to everybody listening, but I think this is uh, obviously a signing which took very long to happen. And I don't really know what United fans expect from him. Are they expecting uh, 20 assists and 10 goals? Personally, I don't think that's going to happen. I think his numbers will decrease because the Bundesliga and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer said it himself is not on the level of the Premier League. And these are all these words. So <laughs> I just wanted to make sure I put that out for uh, the United fans that are listening. Uh, but I think Sancho signing was actually one of the problem positions that they had. They need somebody that could be a natural fit on the wing. And I also mentioned Brown as well. He's an excellent signing because they did need someone to partner Maguire because obviously Bailly was probably the best option, but his injury record is so bad. He's basically the Usman Dembele of Manchester United. So <laughs> having said that, I think Man United will likely improve on last year's performances, but because so many other people have improved as well, I wouldn't outright say that they're going to win the league. But at the same time, I feel as though those soaps mentioned the squad depth, I think they can get away with it as far as a title charge is concerned. Mostly because when you think about Liverpool, when they won the league, or when they almost did in the season before they won it, you take out Trent, there's no one to fill in. You took out Salah, at that point in time, you're playing, you're playing Divock Origi. You took yeah. out, you're taking out Roberto Firmino, Divock Origi. You're taking out Mane, Shakiri. But yet, they were so lucky with injuries that season, or should I say the two seasons where they were on top until they fell off. It was enough to win the league. So United do have a similar dynamic whereby they can rely on that being the case. However, you look at Liverpool the season after, one injury to Van Dyke, they finished, what, was it third or fourth? They didn't, you know, they, they automatically um, were removed from contention for the title. So yeah. there's, just a, there's, a couple, just there's a couple of backtracks for that. But then other than that, I think United will probably be in and around the top four, obviously. I wouldn't say that they're going to win the league, but I think with the right luck, they could do it. True. But if you look at the track record, Rashford is currently injured. Martial gets injured. Pogba gets injured. Like, a lot of their key players do, uh, do miss part of the season. And that's why now they fall off. Because now when, when Pogba was injured, who came in? Who was playing? It wasn't Donny. Who was it? Ah, it was Fred and McTominay. You understand? You get Fred and McTominay <laughs> who aren't on the same level as those guys. Maybe even Mata mm-hmm. sometimes. <laughs> no, but no, but Greenwood. But yeah, so I, I agree with what you what what both of you are saying. Um, but Greenwood did start to to perform really well towards the end of the season. I think he finished the season with something like six goals and an assist in the last uh, last ten games or something like that, which is like higher than obviously Bruno Fernandes um, and some of the other players who were firing before that. So. Um, they do have some backup. It's not, it's not so bad. He um, finished well. I think Greenwood well, personally, yeah. he personally finished well. But as United, yeah. United as a whole didn't finish well. I don't yeah. know what it is about United. 
they seem to fumble the bag. You know, they speak of bottling and bottlers. United, when it matters most, you know, when it's vital, when they need to win games, and they fail to win games. And that's why they've been trophyless for so long. And that's why even as they, they, they wish to win the league, they finish to, uh, they fail to finish the, the league strongly. And that's been the case for the past three, four, five, six, seven years. So I don't yeah. think, so unless if they can somehow fix their problem and, but you see now, I believe Wally has no clutch. So, <laughs> so I don't see them winning the league. But I think top four for them, definitely, for sure. They'll be in the top four, their top four team. All right. Well, what about the other teams? Tell us about the, the rest of the big six. Oh, Leicester. Leicester need more attention, guys. People, people don't give Leicester the respect they deserve. I think so, too. I, do, you, do you know why I can even say that? You didn't even mention that Leicester won the community shield this year, but they did. You see, you don't take them seriously. Leicester, you have to, start, <laughs> you have to start taking them seriously. Mm. Yeah. For the past three seasons, I think, they've been in the top four for the whole of the season. They just fall out. You see, now that's, they have the same problem as United. They always fall out when it matters most. But I think they have a shot for top four. They've had a few additions. They've got Sumari, who, who might not even be starting. But then, who have they signed, guys? Who have Leicester signed? I don't think it's so much about who, who have Leicester signed, but they've got Ndidi and Tielemans, who I think is that midfield, uh, that midfield pairing, sorry, I think is um, probably better than any other midfield pairing in the Premier League right now. Um, and they're strong in other areas. They're strong in other areas of the field as well. That's true. I think you're right. I think I think Leicester should be taken seriously. Yeah, they really should. And outside of that, I think there's just who's left. Spurs. Spurs will be interesting to see how Nuno fits in and how how far he can take them. Honestly, we'll see if Kane leaves or or stays. But that's an interesting one. And as for Arsenal, with no European football, I think honestly, guys, I know I say you you say I say this every year. You say no soaps, you're delusional soaps. But you know what? <laughs> I think Arteta has a point to prove and he'll do all this year. And I would even go as far as saying top four is achievable this year. But anyways, time will tell. Okay, that's enough from me. Let's move on to Nick with his predictions. All right. So for our last segment of uh, season two, episode one, we're getting into predictions for the Premier League season. And this is like my favorite part of every season, especially like when you're able to actually have this notarized and you can look back at it and see how bad your football take actually was. Or maybe how good <laughs> it was. <laughs> or maybe how good it was. You never know. You never know. Because some people go way off, like way off. Nobody could have predicted that West Ham was going to be in and around the top six last season, considering the fact that they flirted with relegation the season before, for example. All right, so um, I'm just going to mention I'm just going to mention all the categories quickly. We are predicting the top six. I was going to leave at top four, but I think top six is more dramatic because you see who you're going to uh, who you're going to leave out uh, as far as um, Tottenham and Arsenal and the likes of the people that think Villa will somehow break into it are concerned. Uh, we also have bottom three. We're going to be predicting the top scorer. Assists, top assists, of course, player of the year and young player of the year. So uh, I don't know whether you guys would like me to start or maybe I should uh, probably go ahead. Start. I'll go ahead. 
So for my top six picks, uh, as much as I'd hate to say it, but um, Chelsea for me are definitely going to be champions. I think when you, Subban already laid it out, the final missing piece of the jigsaw had been placed that they just needed a goal scorer. They already have Manchester City's number. I'm not saying the City can't beat them this season in a few head-to-head battles, but I feel as though City want to win the Champions League a bit more than they want to win the Premier League. So maybe they might put a few more of their boxes into that. So I think this is Chelsea's chance to capitalize on the Champions League momentum and they can win it. Uh, Second place, Manchester City, of course. I think um, with all the investment, you can't go any other way, really. Uh, Third place, I'd have to go with Liverpool. Simply because we even mentioned in the last segment that on paper, it's still a good team. There's not really that much you can add to it. But one concern which I'd have to leave for Liverpool is the fact that the squad is aging. It's kicking on a bit. The front three, they're all 29 years of age. Uh, Mane did stagnate last season. Salah is yet to have that sort of problem. Firmino wasn't at 100%. But obviously, if all of them are on their toes, then I'm pretty sure they will edge off United who I have in fourth. And I think if you've noticed in the past two seasons, third and fourth spot has been won by very tiny margins. So I wouldn't be surprised if maybe United were in third or Liverpool were in fourth, but then it just depends on who just has the edge towards the end of the season. Cause it seems as though it's either going to be a one horse race or it's going to be a two horse race. But personally, I think City and Chelsea will just edge those other two. Fifth, I'll, I'll go with Arsenal. And the only reason why I'm saying this is, <laughs> uh, is because, yeah, look, I don't know. A lot of you guys are probably laughing, like, why is Duncan Arsenal fit? No European football is huge for the club. Of course, I'm just thinking, of, I'm just thinking on hypotheticals that maybe they might do a few, a few more things in the transfer window. But I think simply having to go Saturday, Sunday on the weekends to straight to another weekend, straight away, could be very beneficial for them. Conte at Chelsea had the same dilemma, I suppose, whereby there was no Champions League football. What do you do with all that time on your hands? Midweek, you work on the formations. You want to build your 3-4-3, you can build it in the midweek. You have more time to work on things. You have the FA Cup in the January, but the Carabao Cup will come here and there. But then, honestly, they'll have time to work on it. I think uh, they'll surprise people. In that sense, I'm just being optimistic for them, to be fair, but yeah. And sixth, I'd have to go to Leicester City. And the only reason why I'm saying this is because since Arsenal can just focus on the league, Leicester having the Europa League to balance with all the other competitions, and they had their time. Honestly, they really did have their time to get into the top four. But if you're failing two years in a row, some people might say they'll get in the third year. But for me, they're going to have to get it um, quite literally maybe far on from now. They have a good squad, but I think uh, this is going to be the time where they do miss out entirely. But I wouldn't be surprised if they did reach the top four. So uh, I think having said that, I don't want to skip to the others that quickly. I think I want to go with, uh, I think I'll save Soaps for last, <laughs> as far as this top six thing is concerned. I'm going to go with Ramzan's prediction. I'm going to go with Ramzan's prediction for the top six. Who you got? Yeah, so um, the top six is it's going to be pretty similar, right? It's going to be pretty similar for most people. Um, I have Chelsea winning it as well. 
you get you guys have said all the points. I agree with all of them. I think Chelsea is going to win. I have United in second. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, so my reason for putting United in second is because I don't think Liverpool and City are gonna be as hot as you guys think. And this is okay. Let me preface this by saying, at the time that we're recording, Harry Kane has not signed for City yet. This <laughs> this might be very different next week, right? But Harry Kane has not signed for City yet. I think. Uh, I'm, I'm just not going to think about this too analytically, but rather in a storytelling type of way. After some time, a dynasty has to die. After some time, we need to see we need to see things change. And I don't believe that City can do their whole no striker thing for two seasons in a row and just get away with it. They have started having injuries, and and yeah, obviously they've got players to fill in those boots, but I've already told you the issues with those things. Bernardo Silva apparently is not happy um, and he's not particularly playing very well either. Um, if they don't get those things sorted, Leicester beat them in the community shield. We've said uh, Chelsea has their number. You could add, you could start to add some more teams onto that list, especially as momentum starts to come in. So given that City has not signed Harry Kane yet, I think City is going to finish fourth. Right? I think. I think. No way. I think. No way. I think, There's nothing wrong with that. I think mm. the top four is going to be extremely tight. I don't think any team is going to run away with it. And I think when it does start coming to the end, City is going to finish fourth. I've got Liverpool in third. You guys, Mo Salah, people need to put some more respect on Mo Salah. Right? Like he, he's got, uh, it's about the timing of his shot. It's not so much about when he cuts in, but it's about, it's about when he decides to shoot. And I saw this in the community show. Pulisic had the ball. He was, cutting in through the, he was cutting in from the left wing to the right. And you could just see how much he's delaying the shot, delaying the shot. And I was like, yeah, Mo Salah would have had that out like one second, like two, three seconds ago, right? And, and that's, the, that's the key to him. And I think he's going to have a big season as well. He's my captain in fantasy. Um, so, <laughs> so um, but, but yeah, but... Similar, similarly with City, um, I do think dynasties must end at some point. They do need to go through some sort of reshuffle, I think, before they can think about winning the season again. Every team is stronger, guys. Every team is stronger. I think it's going to be Chelsea, uh, United, Liverpool, and then City. Um, I'm going to go Leicester fifth. Uh, I just trust them a bit more than Arsenal. I, I think they have the players. Like I said, I like their midfield pairing. I like it here, Nacho. I like how they look at the back, especially with Fofana. Schmeichel is still there. Brendan Rodgers is a great coach. I like how they look. They, they don't break into the top four because the top four is just that hard. But I think I have them over Arsenal. And I don't trust Aubameyang. So, um, <laughs> but even though I don't trust Aubameyang, I think Arsenal can finish sixth. And I, I think Spurs is going to finish outside the, outside the top six. I think they're going to have a, one of those roller coaster seasons. I think they're going to finish outside. Ramzan, what you are proposing right now is a four-horse race, which I I, I don't know whether that has actually happened in Premier League history because obviously the top four used to be a thing until it became the big six. But um, I don't know. It's an interesting proposition. But to have City finishing fourth, then will you die with with that statement, to be fair? Because – you guys, think, at me. No, 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 no. I want, I want yeah. all the smoke. I want all the smoke. Yeah, you want all the smoke, <laughs> You want all the smoke, But honestly, I think, okay, if you, if you want to be a proper 
if you want to be a proper top four race, then I commend you. I understand. However, I don't think, yeah, if you're going to say the City aren't going to dip that much. Yeah, that's too good. Well, maybe not necessarily. You're basically rating the other three teams which will occupy the top four to be that good. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think it's going to be a two-horse race, most most certainly two-horse race. Nicholas, I don't think Grealish solves any problems. I think Grealish does what Sterling does, maybe maybe slightly better, but he does what Sterling does already. I don't think that they... I don't think they fix anything unless they get Harry Kane. And if they get Harry Kane next week, forget everything that I've said. But the if they don't is, get Harry Kane, if they don't get Harry Kane, City's going to finish fourth. I want all the smoke. I want all the yeah, smoke. Yeah, I know. I know. But then, I don't know. Okay, I'll, I'll, let, you, I'll let you have that one. But let's, let's just remember that they won the league last season without a striker. The season where they did have that dip and had problems was the season before that, whereby they were struggling to win the league at the time because of an injury at centre-back. Now they bought Grealish. They're yet to get a striker. Maybe they don't have a striker right now, but they still managed to win the league without a striker. So that's something just like, I don't think it's as clear cut as that. But anyways, I think whatever, we'll, we'll keep the receipts as we always do on this podcast. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Subani, top six. Okay. Now, guys, I'm a very realistic person. Um, it's, obvious that, it's obvious that we can't have all four teams gunning for the top four, uh, gunning for the title. <laughs> we're not, we're not, it's never happened that you've had four teams fighting for the title and that all the teams in the big six or whatever perform in a season. It doesn't happen. It really doesn't. And what I think will happen this season, let me just keep it short. I think Chelsea are champions. Chelsea are my number one. City are my number two. Uh, in third place, I have United. And fourth for me is Arsenal. Now, I'm this not going to go... Man. Are you sure <laughs> about that? Go Are you sure about that? <laughs> Liverpool fifth, Leicester sixth. Now, that, that's my top six. You can have... You can say all you want, but I think Arsenal <laughs> this season are a surprise package. <laughs> yeah, and we, we will actually get... I, I hope, I hope there will also be in your surprise package when we actually get to that side of the category as well, if that's what you're saying. Because I understand if they're, the, they're going to be yes. listed under your surprise package pick. Yes, they are. All right. Okay. Um, I don't even know what to say. I think both of you guys... Well, Subhani, I don't know. Both should be rational, I suppose, but... Uh, yeah, we won't. I won't beef with it. I think yeah, we'll keep we'll keep the receipts for those ones. But um, who knows? You guys may may be right. Leicester won the league with a five thousand one chance. So I think Ramzan, who knows? City could may yet stun us with a fourth place finish, or Arsenal for yeah. that matter. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> um, I think uh, yeah, bottom three. Uh, I really hate relegation battles, and I used to be very very religious with thinking that big sam would save you every single season if you just simply hired him that was not the case last season with west brom unfortunately unfortunately but uh this uh this time around i think the bottom three will be brentford southampton and watford to finish dead last because there just hasn't been anything from watford to make me think that they are not going to go back you know straight back down Brentford, I heard that they have been a very decent team in the championship, but they did get in through the playoffs. I don't really like it when people, when, when teams get through, um, get through via the playoffs because it kind of shows that you weren't good enough in the championship anyway, and you just kind of like found your way into the Premier League. 
Uh, so I think Brentford will go straight back down with Watford. Southampton, because of that Ings sale and Vestergaard also leaving, they're a team that has lost nine nil in two, well, two years in a row. And now, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there's just no better way to put it. Now they sold their best player, and Ward Prowse may yet leave because let's not forget there's a very yeah. good Villa team. There's a very good Villa team this year. And I feel as though, um, if you've noticed, their record at home in previous seasons, if, you've, if you know Southampton very well, they lose a lot of games at home. And that was with their yeah. fans being around. They actually start performing better, probably because there wasn't fans in the stadium. So I feel as though with everything starting to, you know, materialize into a normal Premier League season, I think they're going to do quite badly. Uh, Ramzan, let's get back to you on that. Bottom three. I, I totally agree with your bottom three. There's not much I can add. I didn't know. Um, I think we, when we spoke earlier, I said Southampton and Brentford um, for your reasons exactly. Um, I didn't know about Watford. And, and, and yeah, now that I think about it, I totally agree. We haven't had much change over the, over the years. And yeah, in this league, if you don't change, it's not going to go very well. Um, so yeah, trade Dini and friends, you're going under. <laughs> for that same reason about change is why I have Burnley in my bottom three Burnley have not made any signings for two windows now for two summers they've made no additions no improvements and last season they finished just outside of the relegation zone which is why I think they're going down but for me bottom last is Norwich I think Norwich um, they'll do what they did last time they came in and they went back down and I think they'll do the same thing Norwich I think <laughs> Participation, ah, participation, participation, <laughs> ah, participation. Thank you come for on. coming. Come on, but Pookie, I think they're going back down. Pookie can carry them. I mean, you never know, but <laughs> no, I think Tony has a better chance of carrying Brentford because he, he scored 33 goals in the championship last year. Brentford scored the most goals in the championship last year. I don't think they'll go down. So I think Norwich are going back down. And I think <laughs> this is just because of second season syndrome. I said Leeds would go down, but I. It's, uh, I think I should go back on that now. But I put Leeds in my bottom three. <laughs> nah, Leeds no. would be comfortable in the, in, the, in the middle of the table, I think. I, I think yeah, they're, still, they're a good side. Norwich, Burnley, Leeds is my bottom three. You know, the thing about Burnley, the reason why I didn't put Burnley there, although you make a good point that this is the second season in a row where they haven't really done that much in the transfer window, it seems as though Sean Dyke just seems to have this know-how on how to stay up because I don't know what it is, but even though, you know, put aside the four four twos and the rugby tactics, they do have players which seem to always come up, you know, come in clutch. Chris Wood, Ashley Barnes and them, Dwight McNeil. And I think it's been the story for Burnley for quite a few seasons now that people have predicted them to go down, but somehow they always stayed up because they would always have like this spell of form where somehow they beat in Man City or something like that. But I think, no, because of the fact that it's going to be another season whereby Sean Dyche has to somehow use the same squad, unless they will make a couple of signings between now and the third season. Then, yeah, they would have to go down. But I'm not going to put them just because I think Sean Dyche is just, you know, I, I don't know what it is. He just has that mojo. Probably big Sam vibes, to be fair. But, yeah. Uh, okay. Let's, uh, let's move on. And uh, I think we're going to get into the, the usual uh, suspects as far as uh, individual uh, awards concerned, but uh, no, actually, before we get into that, I just remember the surprise package of the season. I actually forgot to put that down. Uh, I'll go Villa. The only reason why I say that is 
because I think they'll be the most difficult oh, team. I think they'll be the most difficult team to work with this season. Last season, they they were already hard enough. Uh, you know, they're already they're already a hard enough side to work with them as far as you know head to head matches concerned. But I think because of Wendia, because of Bailey, and also they're still yet to use a bit more of the Grealish money. I think they could be up for a top seven finish, maybe even higher. But I think, yeah, they will cause a lot of problems this season because now they have players up front which can hurt you. They beat Liverpool 7-2, though some people might blame that on the goalkeeper with the squad that they had last season. Now they have even more quality than before. It could be in for quite a shock. Ramzan? Yeah, so this is a tough one for me. Um, but I'm going to go with surprise package in the backwards direction. Um, I think Spurs is going to have an absolutely terrible season, especially if they lose Kane. <laughs> no, it makes if sense. They, makes sense. <laughs> if, they, if Spurs loses Kane, I, I, I'm seeing Delhi Ali play, and he's, he's, a good, he's a good player, but certainly out of sorts. Um, if Spurs lose Kane... I think they're gonna. That's gonna shake the table. A new manager, or they've had manager issues for some time. Um, a lot of their players are good players. I mean, they've got Son. I mean, uh, even as I say this, it doesn't sound right. And they could still end up beating Arsenal. I can't. You know, I can't. I can't say this for sure. But um, in this league, this league is very. Hard. This league is very difficult. So let me preface this by saying, you know, finishing tenth is not as hard as you think anymore. Right, last season, everyone everyone was saying Everton. Everton is like up there in the table, and Dominic Calvert Lewin and Hammers and all these things. Yeah, Everton good season. Finished tenth. <laughs> they had a yeah. good, they had a good season, and they finished tenth. Right, so so for me, it's like, do I think Spurs is gonna have, you know, that sort of season? It's gonna be it's gonna be tough for them, especially if they lose Kane. But even if they keep Kane. Uh, as they showed last season, his goals and assists don't matter. They still find a way to lose and draw. So, um, yeah, I think that Tottenham, they could be in trouble of having a very terrible season. I think that's my surprise package. And, and Soaps, you, you already mentioned it, but well, you may as well mention it yeah, again. Arsenal's my surprise package. I think they're making it into the top four against <laughs> all the odds. Okay, okay. I don't know, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But there are factors that are put into it which um justify it okay so we're going into the individual sort of uh predictions uh top scorer uh i'd have to go mo salah uh it's just simply because I, i'm not really sure what's going on with harry kane and he is basically the second best at that uh assists i'm just gonna mention the entire thing assists uh kdb uh if he just simply has 20 games under his belt or even like 25 uh, I think his assists to game ratio is very good. Uh, good value for that. Uh, player of the year, I've gone bold. I think Lukaku, if they're gonna, if Chelsea are gonna win the league, I think Lukaku can probably give in an MVP performance, kind of like what he did in Serie A. So I think that could actually repeat. And young player of the year, and this isn't the most biased thing ever, but I really do think that Bukayo Saka will have to recover from that disappointment in the, the England final. And I think uh, he's going to have a big season for Arsenal because he's a dead-on starter in the 11, to be fair. So I think, uh, you know, I'm going to have to back him for that. Uh, so let's actually go with you for this one first. Okay, cool. Uh, top goal scorer, I put down Kane. Especially if he goes to City, then obviously he's going to take that. 
top assister as well. I put KGB, so not different from you. And what's next? Young player, right? Yeah, player yeah, of the year. Yeah, player, player of the year. First. Player of the year, firstly. Uh, <laughs> tough one. Kane. If Kane goes to City, okay, let me not speak theoretically. Okay, right now, Lukaku. I agree. I very much agree with you. Because I, I, I put them down as champions, so I think Lukaku will have to be, he'll be the main man in that Chelsea team. Even though he has so many comic moments, that guy. <laughs> that guy lies to us, guys. Mm-hmm. But anyways, young player of the year, I think Kai Habert. Yeah, yeah. That's who I have down. Okay, uh, Yeah, uh, my top scorer is going to be Lukaku. All, all eggs in one basket. Uh, top assists, Bruno Fernandes. Player of the year, I've got, I'm gonna just, just going to go two, and I think either of these guys can win, and I wouldn't mind either of them winning. Uh, I'm going to go Jorginho or Kante. Um, they will have to be integral. So Jorginho or Kante for player of the year. And young player of the year, it's going to be such a Chelsea theme. Huh? Young player of the year, I've got Kai Havertz as well. <laughs> so uh, I know, look, look what this is making me do. You look like a fan. But yeah, I've got young player of the year, I've got Kai Havertz as well. Yeah, but that's Saka does have a yeah, of course, of course. No, but uh, what what Ramzan's picked there? That's literally um, well, that's literally Chelsea and Bruno Fernandez. That's right. That's yeah. I, was, I don't know. There's some people that might say that Jaden Sancho could be, you know, a uh, young player of the year because he's still young enough. No, no, no. He's, he's still young enough. He's still no. He's still young enough to win that. He's still eligible to win that. Watch, you guys. Your expectations are too high for that boy. <laughs> he's a good player. Your expectations are high for good players. Too high. They have, they have to be fine. He's, he's, he's gonna be fine. He's gonna be fine. You guys, you guys are such negative Nancys, you know. I think I think <laughs> I think Sancho is gonna be fine. Yeah, he'll be <laughs> fine, but he's not gonna be in the running for young player of the year. But then young player of the year is easier to win than player of the year. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> hey, I've, I've, not have, he's not I've gonna be better in space, but continue. I've, I've kept your receipts. I've kept your receipts. We'll discuss this again in December or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no problem. Okay, then fine. I think um, as far as that's concerned, then I think we just wrap that up. Uh, those are those are the guys' predictions, guys, and I think that's uh, where we wrap up this uh, first episode of the new season. Uh, we're gonna be coming back on on Sunday. Well, not Sundays, but we will be recording on Sundays, and Mondays we'll be releasing content once again. I think uh, we just did this for obviously the the previews, but yeah. We're excited for the future. We're waiting for uh, the Prem games to start. Brentford versus Arsenal tomorrow, uh, nine o'clock. If uh, you're in South Africa, Malawi, could be a different time zone if you're anywhere else. And we're excited for the season. And there's a lot of stuff that's coming through social media. There'll be a couple of things which we may be posting up, which interests you. And we want you to keep on staying tuned. This is our first full season, and this is the box to box. And uh, yeah, we'll see you soon.